Cultivating Indigenous Voices, a podcast sharing Indigenous history, topics, and community involvement. Hosted and produced by Tina Andrew. Hello, fellow listeners. This is Tina podcasting today from the Amity Foundation Circle Tree Ranch out on Tanquil Verde Road. I was invited to come out and experience the unique community that the Amity Foundation provides for individuals and their families during rehabilitation. My first intention was to share the story of the local food truck called Nation's Creations Indigenous Deliciousness until I learned there was much more to it after chatting with Stephen James. So please join me in welcoming today's special guest, Stephen. Hi. Thank you for the invitation and inviting me out here and not only you, but to meet the folks who are also behind the scenes of this remarkable program that is provided for recovering individuals. And before we go any further, Stephen, please give us a brief perspective of who you are as an individual and your involvement with the Nation's Creations Food Truck and the Amity Foundation Circle Tree Ranch. Well, first I'd like to say welcome. Thank you. Thank you also for this opportunity. Uh, it's great to be able to get the message out to what we're doing. I'm Steve James. I am coordinator of the food truck here, Nation's Creations, and I got involved with the food truck through a process of personal transformation, right? I came to Amity via Amistad de Los Angeles, uh-huh. which is our campus in Los Angeles, and uh-huh. uh, I came just seeking something different. It took me a while to mm-hmm. figure out what that was, and I still am on that journey. Yeah, I, I, I started in Los Angeles as a student. I lived there on property for a better part of two years. Mm-hmm. I left, transitioned into the larger community, and got some certifications. Uh, oh, you good. know, just experienced life for mm-hmm. a minute. Felt that I needed a more closer to connection to what started my transformation. I came back, and I came back because I was struggling, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I was struggling with some stuff, and I just needed to more information. So when I came back, I was welcomed back into the culinary department where I had been working before, and they suggested that I I come on out here to Tucson. I did. uh, One of the best things that I've ever done is take the suggestions of the people that that helped to run this community. And coming to Tucson was probably the best move that I've ever made in my life. One, just because the beauty of the ranch uh, and all the cycling. I'm a huge cyclist, so I landed in Tucson and I was like, wow, awesome. (laughs) Upon coming at Tucson, I I got involved with the culinary department for a while. I did a bunch of stuff for uh, Jeremy Christensen, the executive chef. I transitioned into the clinical, Mm -hmm. and I worked with our student body. I was a demonstrator at another place you may call a counselor, and I helped some guys learn some of the curriculum and stuff that we base our education off of here. That was uh, a really enlightening experience, and it it brought me down to earth in just really having to open myself up to other people's problems. I don't think I'll go back to it. Uh (laughs) (laughs) 
but it was definitely something that I needed to do. The great thing about the Amity Foundation and working for it is if you want to do something different and you express it and show that you know you can handle it, they'll afford you any opportunity to try something different and they'll give you the tools to do yeah. it. So I did that, and then I, you know, I, I said, you know, it's time for me to do something different again. We came back into the culinary department, and uh, Jeremy asked me one night, I think it was, uh, well, what do you think about the food truck? <laughs> and I was just like, well, I don't know. <laughs> At the time, it was this big baby blue box on wheels. And, Where'd you get it? At? This is Jeremy Christensen, the executive chef here at Amity Circle Tree Ranch. Yes. Uh, we bought it used from a gentleman. Uh, it was called Kadoops, and it was like a Caribbean fusion um, <laughs> food truck. Uh, oh. But we bought it used from a gentleman uh-huh. uh, here in town. Uh, it was a pretty well-known truck. I mean, a lot of people, when we first started using it, you know, would mention, hey, that's the old Kadoops truck, you know. So, <laughs> really? Yeah, so, so that's how we got it. Through searching Craigslist and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, so that's how we got it. So. <laughs> nice. Anyway, go ahead. Right <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So before we could get into that, this is uh, Jeremy Christensen, and he is the executive chef for the Nation's Creations food truck, and as well as here yeah, at the uh, the foundation. Okay, so um, some of the things that we encountered with the food truck was branding mm-hmm. and where to park it. The city is is kind of got some weird zoning issues with where you can park and then so there was a lot of creativity that went into it because we didn't have any Mm -hmm. real entrance into that industry and what they do so it was just really learning on the fly Uh, and I was as I took it over I I didn't want to pay a lot of the fees that the food trucks were Uh, it just there was just something about that that just I didn't like I wanted you know and then there was a I definitely wanted a certain demographic, or not necessarily demographic, but where we parked. I didn't want to be like the sandlot food truck. Mm. I wanted to be like in places like our prime partner, like The Loft, Mm. or like Casa Film and Video. uh, Places like that, where we would get a lot of exposure, and being that initially the food truck was was, uh, only uh, plant-based entrees, you know, we had to really think about how we were going to be viable mm-hmm. and, and who that demographic was going to be. And that was really difficult. The mm-hmm. other thing about the food truck was it came out of the Center for Entrepreneurship, which was a student-run think tank. Mm-hmm. And they came up with a, a bunch of different ideas, yeah. uh, business ideas, and the one that took off. And Josie Wilson, I think later, may talk to you a little bit more about this, is uh, what took off was a tent at Second Saturday mm-hmm. downtown, and it was a oh. fry bread tent. Oh, okay. And it was the general, you know, the Indian fry bread with the canned beans, ground beef, cheese, <laughs> yeah. tomato, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. Everybody loves it, but it's not the most, you know, <laughs> healthiest thing to yeah. eat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the food truck kind of blossomed out of that. Some people kind of, I think, saw a movie. Was it The Chef? Mm-hmm. And that kind of inspired the food truck thing, you know, about that movie, Chef? It's about this guy, he loses his job or something, goes out and... He's like gifted a food truck and just makes a huge <laughs> success. It was a really good movie. But uh, yeah, so the, the, the concept and idea of the truck came from there. Basically, the approach to how the food truck ran was that it would be, number one, a teaching tool. For that, we wouldn't focus so much 
on being viable without making sure that the students were learning something along with it. That's actually worked out really well, and I attribute a lot of that to like the way Jeremy has uh, built teams. You know, I mean, I, I, le- I learned a lot about team building from him, and one of the first things that go into building a team is like, don't ask people to do things that you wouldn't do yourself. Uh, and that's a precept here in the Amity Foundation and in circuitry and, and everywhere else. It's like, we teach by doing, not otherwise. That's so the students are from, from here? The students are, uh, that operate the food truck all are residents here on the ranch. Oh, cool. So yeah, we, we get guys in, we'd like to see them put in about 30 days or so, mm. and then we'd like to see a little bit of consistency and work okay. ethic and, yeah. and being responsible and reliable, mm. and then we, once we've got them into that, then we kind of, well, can they handle coming out with me and, and doing the task at hand? Right. And so while all that's going on, we're slowly training them. And so they do from the minute the delivery truck drops the food and stuff off mm-hmm. to selling it out the window and collecting the cash and putting it in the register. Yeah. So we're teaching them a little bit of business, a mm-hmm. little bit of food prep. Uh, you know, we get them food handlers, cards, cool. awesome. uh, a little bit of learning business. That's good. Yeah, a lot going on. Yeah. In a little box. <laughs> uh, so before we go in any further, Jeremy, could you share a little of your background? Yeah, I've been in the culinary business here in Tucson for about 21 years. I did an apprenticeship at Anthony's and Catalina's for, for close to six years. I was going to go to culinary school right out of high school. I'd been working there while I was in high school. And as soon as I finished high school, I was planning to go to culinary school. And a couple of chefs that were there told me, you know, you know, why spend 40 grand on school we can teach you all that here and you get paid you oh, know wow. and so yeah so i i kind of did the leap of faith like okay let's see what happens you know so yeah. i did that and sure enough i mean i learned a ton i really got my foot in the door in a lot of places i worked with metro restaurants for oh, nice. about four or five years mm-hmm. at a couple different locations with them at mcmahon's prime steakhouse um and that's where i started managing kitchens yeah. Um, I started managing pretty young, I think about 21, 22 wow. years old. Yeah. So yeah. I did that, and, and then I decided to work trying to sell food for U.S. Foods, which, you know, really isn't my forte. <laughs> um, that was kind of a, a learning experience for me as well. So I did that for a couple of years, and then I realized, you know, my home's in the kitchen. I need to just go back to what I know and what, yeah. I, what I love. And mm-hmm. So um, after a few years of kind of working around. I worked at Fleming's and a couple different places and luckily I stumbled upon this through a friend of mine that I'd worked with on and off at different restaurants. Mm -hmm. Stumbled upon this and at Amity and really enjoyed the fact that I was teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't know that I wanted to be a teacher until I started teaching. Yeah. Um, and then the, the Amity process was something that I'd never seen or, or been part of in my life. And even somebody who isn't struggling per se with their life comes here and starts working here. You end up adopting some of the values and some of yeah. the, the teachings and the norms and the things that they teach here. To where it really changed my life, to be honest. Um, I'm a totally different person now than I was before I started here. I have a lot better values, morals. Uh, I treat people differently. Mm -hmm. Me and my daughter's relationships, a hundred times better. So, you know, that's kind of where I took that and kind of molded it into the kitchen Mm -hmm. as well. Before, when I first started, the kitchen was kind of a separate entity. We weren't really part of the community as much. I mean, yeah. we, we used student help and stuff like that, but we didn't, uh, we weren't part of the community. We also didn't bring them up through culinary arts to get jobs. Yeah. Now, 90% of my staff in the kitchen is 
former students. And we've really helped to change their lives Mm -hmm. by providing them with vocational training, help them get their first bank account or Mm -hmm. get their first apartment or, you know, things like that. So, you know, we've really adopted this really kind of, like you said, you know, good at team building, but I see a bit more as family building or Mm -hmm. community building. We have our own little smaller community that we create in there that, I mean, I got guys in there that would probably take a bullet for each other because they are so connected with each other and, mm-hmm. and emotionally transparent with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we do circles, and mm-hmm. one of the biggest, strongest men in the kitchen would just break down into tears. And, you know, and, and that's just an amazing thing to, to, for men to be able to share that with each other and not feel the, you know, the normal society way mm-hmm. of, oh, I'm a tough man, and yeah. <laughs> you know, so, and so I, it's really neat. Well, it's one of the key tools in community. And uh, yeah, for sure. you know, you're sitting in a circle. You're all at, at the same level, mm-hmm. you know, equal distance away from each other. And it's like, and it, it, it's one of the, the the prime ways of communicating from mm-hmm. back when yeah. fire was, you know, <laughs> yeah. new, right? Uh-huh. You sat in a circle so everybody could stay warm, you know. So it's the same kind of concept. So and and it, it's just one of the main tools of the communities. Back to questioning, uh, what is the main goal behind the food truck besides the indigenous deliciousness? Okay, so the, the primary goal of the food truck, I think, for me, definitely now, I mean, I kind of had to be, it had to be explained to me by Jeremy a, a few times, is to teach. It's not about making the money. I mean, it's great to have a good mo- yeah. end of the month, bottom line and everything, but I think the most important goal of the food truck is to teach uh, some self-worth, proprietorship, and a, a skill, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I, I tell everybody that works with me, I, you know, you do a good job here, this is something you can put on your resume, you can yeah, use me definitely. as a reference, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. There's some certifications that we can help you do. And so that's the primary goal. Cool. The secondary goal would be to get our message, the Amity Foundation message out. Perfect. And it, it, we're, we're getting that, you know, with, uh-huh. with people like you and Tucson Weekly and Edible mm-hmm. Baja. Mm-hmm. It's like all of these people have come in, oh, we're going to do a story on food truck. Yeah. And come to find out, they're doing a story <laughs> on something way bigger. Yes. So, yeah, so getting our message out, I think, right after that is presenting the community with alternative eating. Right? Um, yes. We have gone from shoot, serving meat four or five times a week to maybe once a week. Wow. And the concept behind that is we're, we're helping people transform their lives. Mm-hmm. And what's the point if they keel over and die a year mm-hmm. or two later from diabetes, mm-hmm. high blood pressure, yes. any number of different things that can be combated by a healthy diet? So that would be third. And we want to be a viable business. You know, and, and, and that's coming along with everything else. Yes. So, yeah, there's four main points. Excellent. Uh, let me ask you a question, Jeremy. How do you decide what is going to be on the menu? Well, like you said, you know, we've, we've done a, a major transformation as far as uh, what we serve here at Amity about being healthy and, you know, making sure that not only are we, you know, giving the tools for that, that we also need to teach them how to eat properly and put the right stuff in their body to keep them healthy. Mm-hmm physically as well. So we started changing that here and doing a lot of research and and Mm -hmm. a lot of documentaries and a lot of books and a lot of, just a lot of different teaching, learning ourselves in order to teach it. And then you're learning also as you're teaching. So we we did that and kind of from all of the research, you know, plant-based, plant-based, plant-based. I mean, there's nothing in animal protein that your body needs 
<laughs> that you can't get from vegetables. Yes. So, you know, that's kind of something that, that uh, is really hard to teach with the different messages that come across mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. we live in. So we try to teach that here, and that was kind of something that we wanted to continue with the food truck as well. We wanted to make sure that, that we weren't sending out a food truck that was contradicting what we do here at the ranch. So we wanted to stick with the fry bread because that was kind of something our uh, most of our uh, population here is Native American, and they you know really instilled in us that that's a great business with yeah. almost no overhead. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, people love it. Yeah. You yeah. know, to be honest, I mean, you can't put up a fry bread tent without having a lineup for yes, it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, and I mean, you can do it with just honey and people would still be yeah, lining up, you know? Sure. So, so we thought, let's take that uh-huh. and then let's take our healthy diet and try to fuse them. So we did that. Um, and first we started out by going full plant-based. I just don't think Tucson is ready for a completely plant-based diet. <laughs> uh, we, we just don't have our ear to the heartbeat on that quite yet, you know, <laughs> yes. being in the Southwest here. So we started to add a couple different, uh, like some tri-tip and some chicken on there, mm-hmm. just to yeah. cut two, two menu items. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I mean, the other three items or so are, are plant-based. So okay. um, that's kind of what we do. We definitely wanted to make sure that there was not only good flavors, but good textures and layers of different flavor combinations yes. to make it a little more exciting. Yeah, You know, that's sure. one of the things when cooking plant-based, you, you got to keep it exciting or else people aren't going to eat it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what's the food truck community like as a business and how has the community been receptive of the food that you all serve? I think you touched a little. The community, I mean... Like, we were still getting pretty good business with the full plant-based. Yeah. We'd still have people come and kind of, you know, and you could tell they were kind of like, you know, a little surprised about it. But we'd still get some business, so we kind of took a step back and decided, you know, let's try to let's try to open up our, you know, community that we're serving here to a couple of other items that people would, you know, enjoy as well. You know, so you got, you got mom that wants to eat plant-based and dad that wants a steak. Yes. So we want to be able to, to have them both be able to eat there at the same mm. time. So that's kind of what we decided. And, and another thing really kind of helps is talking about Amity on the food truck. You know, people really start getting interested in what we're doing and why we're doing it mm-hmm. and why we're out there mm-hmm. and who's in there with us. Mm-hmm. I think that that really makes them interested and, and makes them more excited to buy from us because... They feel as though they're helping people as well as feeding themselves. Yes, for sure. So, so that's definitely a big part as well as drawing them in. Is is uh, and then the word of mouth. You know, people talk to each other. Oh, you yeah. should definitely go try that. Oh, and not only is it good, but they do this amazing thing at Amity, and, yes. and you know, uh-huh. so so it's a really good feeling to know that that you're helping in more ways mm-hmm. than one. I think in addition to that, the food truck family. At first, parking in places like I was new, and you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure how to approach people, and it seemed standoffish until you know, obviously, in any situation, you go over and talk, and there's definitely a sense of need to network. Right. Mm. Everybody's handing out cards. I mean, it's yes, business, right? Sure. So there's definitely a, a welcoming in because in any given time, a guy may have a venue that he needs covered or mm-hmm. he needs another truck oh, there. Yeah. That's you know, because everybody's kind of doing their own thing. And mm-hmm. I might get a call and they're saying, well, we need you, but we need somebody else. And so there's definitely a sense of camaraderie that, that mm-hmm. goes on there. But generally, the community, the food truck community, is, is really pretty welcoming. 
Yeah, it's all good. small businesses, you yeah. know, just regular average Joes, and they're yeah, really welcoming. Yeah, excellent. That's mm-hmm. awesome. One last question about the menu: What is the most unique item you have? And if you wanted to recommend something, what would that be? Well, let me answer. That. Yeah, go ahead. Because uh, <laughs> it's funny. I'm going to say the most unique is the tofu taco, and it's a lime cilantro marinated tofu and it's over a bed of spinach and there's a three bean salad on it with some guacamole and a chipotle vinaigrette and the funny thing was when we started like we would prep the tofu and then we would throw the tofu out and it was just killing me right yeah we added the the tri-tip which is steak and the chicken Mm. and as soon as we added that the tofu sales like spiked and, I mean, I guess it was the choice. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, can I have steak or tofu? I mean, I yeah. don't know what it was. Yeah. But it's definitely the most unique because it's got, I mean, the flavors just really pop on it. Mm-hmm. Everything's just really, really savory mm-hmm. and just very crisp. And it's the way we prepare the tofu. It comes mm-hmm. out. It's not, like, mushy and soggy. We, you know. So, yeah, I would say that, that it would be the tofu. But only because we added steak. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a, a good point. That's really a great point. I forgot about that yeah. when we talked about that. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. What are some of the main locations that you usually set the truck up? Okay, so our first and, mo- and strongest partner, and it was funny because I drove around town before I actually first took the truck out, and I was looking for certain places that I had in mind, and I was saving the loft cinema for last. Yeah. You know, my bosses, they, they swear by the place. It's just a really cool place. Mm-hmm. And I was just really hoping that, you know, that would be one of the places that we could get in. And I saved it for last. Wanted to go home with a yes. And, yeah, I, <laughs> I was hoping. And I got down there and I talked to Dave Korea, who is the manager down there. And he was like, yeah, you know, we'll give it a try. We'll try it out for a month. We'll see how your sales stack up against ours, whether you're going to, you know, infringe on what we're doing. And uh-huh. after a month, I didn't hear any thing and we just kept booking and mm. that's that's our go-to like right. if you want to find us we're at the loft we're yeah. there about five times a month we're there every thursday mm-hmm. and then we do the members night there and oh. then we're always doing something else with them you know mm-hmm. they call on us more often than not than anybody else mm-hmm. before when they have an event or something so yeah we've developed a really strong and symbiotic relationship with them uh, another really good partnership right now is uh, Casa mm-hmm. Film and Video. Yeah, uh, they're they they're turning out to be a, a really cool uh, partner. Mm-hmm. And then we're partnered with closely with Arizona Beer House, oh, which okay. is on Broadway and Cole. Yeah, and a couple of other of the beer houses. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of the events. Like we'll be down at Reed Park for their arts mm-hmm. fair. Yeah, come the fall. Been invited out to Green Valley for their. Yeah fall thing again nice. and what's really cool is like last year going into the fall season I was new I didn't really know mm-hmm. how to book where to book yeah. what we were going to be up against mm-hmm. and uh, if I would have known now what I then we would have been successful a lot quicker <laughs> so I'm really excited about this, this mm-hmm. fall season because it is the you know the festival season you know yeah, there's all kinds sure. of stuff going sure. on yeah. so we're going to be all over the place nice yeah. so I know you mentioned earlier that the population is more Native, Native American, American. Yeah, First Nations. How is that helping the Native population uh, when we're talking about you know rehabilitation in, in, in the way that the foundation does that here? How does it do it? Yeah. Well, we teach from a position of, or a thought 
of community as method. And in order to, you know, develop a community, you got to have what we call authentic relationships. Mm. So what we're teaching here, you know, initially is broadly is personal transformation and moral yes. development. And how we do that is through community. Uh, if I can develop an authentic relationship with you, I can become vulnerable with you. I can exercise some of the things that have been holding me back. Yeah. Once I do that, I can help somebody else to do that. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we are attempting to do is create what we call social vaccines. Yeah. Right? So we get an individual, we help him to realize some things about himself or herself, mm -hmm. transform the way their beliefs and attitudes mm -hmm. about some of the things that mm -hmm. they've been doing in their lives. The hope is that we send them back to the communities and mm -hmm. their families. Yes. And plant those yeah. And plant those seeds or <laughs> or inject that, you know, yeah. social transformation. And and some of the tribes that are represented, I know you mentioned earlier, was Don Autumn, yes. uh, Dene, Apache. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we have some tribes that come, Pima. the Tallulah tribe yeah. out uh, in, Los, Tulela, Washington. Oh, in Washington, Snoqualmie. the Saquon yeah. from San Diego. Wow. I mean, we've had, we, we have people come uh, from the East Coast, uh, Fort McDowell, mm -hmm. all yeah. of the Four yeah. Corners area. For sure. Um, yeah, so that's excellent, yep. and mm -hmm. that they have this space where not only they can learn new skills and and how to get into the healing process and understanding historical trauma and things like that, but that they're here comfortably and that they can even practice their own um, cultural beliefs, cultural beliefs yeah. and, and ceremonies. Yeah, like the sweat lodge. Uh, we have a lot of different cultures drums. Mm -hmm. You know, like I showed you Bear Hall when we were yeah. walking around. Uh, there's a, a whole bunch of drums, and I, I, I am not First Nation, so I don't know what those drums mm -hmm. represent, but mm -hmm. I know every once in a while you pass in Boyer Hall, and, mm -hmm. and you'll hear some voices in there mm -hmm. singing and yeah. pounding on the Practicing drums. Practicing medicine and Practicing medicine. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then we, we also make sure that some of the tribes come down mm -hmm. throughout the year, you know, their oh, medicine okay. men and, yeah, and spiritual wow. leaders. Great. Make sure there's always something happening throughout the year for them. Uh, we send students out to the Gathering of Nations just recently. Oh, we also awesome. have a gentleman. That is so cool. We also have a gentleman here that does the Sundance every year. Okay. Um, and he, he does the whole piercing thing and, and hangs uh -huh. for, the, yeah. for the day. Um which he's a really strong, he's the one that kind of helps with getting the sweat lodge going and, and does that. So it's really neat. Like, um, it's really neat having all the different cultures here and really learning from them and, yeah. you know, really seeing what, what they're about and, and just, just exploring that because it, I feel that society doesn't explore people's cultures enough, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I think that, that that's something that, that helps to build community and uh, really helps us here as well. And sets us apart from For from sure. different places is the the fact that we respect that about people and mm -hmm. and and explain how important that is. Mm -hmm. You know, like we talked about the circle and how important that is and how far back that goes. And, yeah. And and the food that's another thing with the food that we want to teach is 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 gathering together and eating together and really sharing that experience and, and talking about your day and mm -hmm. and really kind of sharing a meal with somebody. You know, I feel that America's really lost in our society. Is, is families don't eat together like they used to, and, yeah. and you know it's it's just something that 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 we need to get back to, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so we have definitely. that family community, and, and then it, it it runs out to the larger communities as you get bigger. So mm -hmm. 
having that community-based environment is definitely what a lot of families need um, and understanding uh, where the issue stems from and dealing with that and recognizing that it's there it's definitely helped me you know learning about that those kind of things in school helped me rebuild a better relationship yeah it's something that great that we teach here too is is the we talked about authentic friendships and being able to tell somebody what they're doing wrong without feeling like you're hurting their feelings or, or and likewise somebody telling you what you're doing wrong without you taking it out on them. Yeah. You know, and really being able to say, Hey, this is where you're kinda of tripping and falling and them receiving it like, Thank you <laughs> You know, thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. You know, and, and and it's hard. It's really hard yeah. for people to get to that point. But, you know, practicing it and, and teaching that is what helps to keep that going. So All right. So now we have a third guest and Josie Wilson is with us. If you can introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your background. Um, hi, my name's um, Josephine Wilson. I am 31. I'm half Baspa and half Navajo. I've been in Amity for a good four years. I've learned a lot and grown a lot, and I'm just proud to be a part of this community and what we stand for. That's great. So you are... Joseph's a demonstrator. The demonstrator. And that's that's what, the, what we generally call a counselor here. But Josie was kind of uh, on the ground floor of the Center for Social Entrepreneurship. Okay. Which is where the nation's creation's name and business okay, kind of cool. grew out of. Yeah. Okay. So what does the name nation's creation represent? Nation's Creations, to me, when I was coming up with it and passing it off to all my peoples, my family, mm-hmm. um, friends, um, it stands for just like one nation. We're all creating something in our individual way, and we're just trying to inspire people to see the beauty in the smallest things or see the beauty when you don't see nothing at all. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel pretty proud to have that name out there in the food truck and what the food truck's doing yes. and how Stephen James is now running it mm-hmm. and he's doing an excellent job on that so I'm pretty pretty proud of how, how it's, everything's developing. Mm-hmm. So after the development and seeing the success of it, I guess now you're probably just more behind the scenes with the food truck or? Basically now Stephen James is like the sole chef and manager of mm-hmm. that. I just basically now work with the students mm-hmm. who help volunteer for CD okay. games. Yeah. I help them. I help the students work on their emotional needs, why mm-hmm. they came here. Yeah. And I just help them figure out, like, what kind of um, roles they want to learn, what kind of skills they want to learn. Mm-hmm. And Stephen James just fine tunes that and actually puts them puts them to the test cool. and puts them out there in the physical world and physical realm of like the equipment, the food, the people, the interactions. That's what he does, and that's what we all do together as a team. Mm-hmm. What are some of the testimonies that students have shared with their experience working on the food truck? It's just mainly, it's just inspiring a lot of people who want to gain some knowledge on like some sort of work ethic, some sort of skill. They like what it stands for of mm-hmm. doing some social work for like mm-hmm. a just cause mm-hmm. of what we stand for, what Amity stands for, what we're trying to like parade and help them adopt mm-hmm. because... You can't have anything unless you give back. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a teaching tool, what we learn. Mm-hmm. You can't learn it unless you give it away. 
So, um, after reading online, uh, I have to say that I am interested in learning more about the concept of the therapeutic community model is what I read. And the foundation uses it as part of the healing process. If you could please further explain in detail how this model has worked and what are some of the challenges that have been with it while implementing it. The therapeutic community model is community. And, you know, each one teaching one, you know, how is that not a part of any community? Why is it just the therapeutic community that that's a part of? So our hope is to teach that and send it out like we were talking earlier. And, and it has had profound effects in my life. I heard Jeremy talking earlier about, you know, he wasn't a part of groups and stuff initially. And that when he did engage, it was like, you know, relationships with families change. Relationships yeah. with coworkers change when you can... You know, just see eye to eye or at least step out of yourself and see from a different perspective. And that, to me, it it really just boils down to community and authentic relationships. And then the other part of the question was the challenges... Are the students receptive to it? No. Very easily and <laughs> The initial challenge is the buy-in. Yeah. Right? And we have a lot of different ways that we do that. For me, I was taught to buy in by planting me in a corner somewhere, right? And, and clean the corner until it's clean and then come back to the corner, you know? And, and then initially... I was forced into that corner to clean the corner. And then after a while, it was like I went and cleaned the corner so that nobody would tell me to go clean the corner just to keep people away from me. And then after a while, I started to want to see the corner clean, Mm -hmm. you know. And then after a while, I realized that in order to keep that corner clean, well, I've got to do the whole side of the wall, you know. So uh, the corner turned into the room. You know, and I started taking pride in that, you know, and I mean, obviously I'm speaking figuratively, but, yeah, you yeah, know, like sure. taking some ownership in something was, mm-hmm. was the biggest challenge for me, and mm-hmm. it's probably the biggest challenge for everybody. Nobody's mm-hmm. really had the need or desire to be responsible for something, mm-hmm. and once we get them responsible for something like a corner or a food truck it gives them a better sense of care for self maybe if we if we get them to take care of something external they'll understand the concept of keeping it up making sure that it's ready to go the next day and you know it's transferable Mm -hmm. to the internal it's like if i can keep my my heart and my mind clean you know what i mean i'll be ready for business tomorrow but the biggest hurdle Getting people to hold on to their seat would be the first, and then the buy-in. So we have individuals, their initial response to community is gratitude and humility. And what what I've seen time and again is we come through the arches. We have these big arches after you come through, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole orientation process and group process coming in and walk through the arches. A lot of students come through those arches with a lot of gratitude and humility. Mm -hmm. But that gratitude and humility only lasts the night sometimes. Mm -hmm. The next morning they wake up and they want this and they, you know, I don't have this. I need Mm -hmm. this. I need that. And the first response is... When can I go home? Yeah. When can I go home and get this? When can I go Uh, out and get that and it's like first it's like the biggest challenge is getting people to sit still yeah and then buy in and then become vulnerable and then become honest and then you know and then Mm -hmm. become uh proprietors proprietors and receptive to change i mean the list goes on Mm -hmm. but every day we see the miracle as well yeah you know i mean i'm a miracle 
Josie's miracle. Like, we've been able to transform our lives to being at least reliable, consistent. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Those go a long way for me. I'm mm -hmm. so proud that I'm a reliable individual mm -hmm. and that I'm a consistent individual. Mm -hmm. And I just want to share that with other people and, and have other people have that same feeling as I have. Excellent. Yeah. That's a great response. Josie, how do you see the Amity Foundation bettering your people, your community, when we're talking about Native communities, since that seems to be the majority of the population here? The Native people have struggled so much in their timeline of being established and in how the epidemic of drugs and alcohol are deep-rooted within our community. Mm -hmm. And... I think that with Amity's ties to each of these communities of Native people can actually inspire some of these individuals who come here to give back hope, to find mm -hmm. it for themselves and to give back hope to their people. Because yes. that is what I'm sort of trying to do with my people here. I'm mm -hmm. trying to rally them up and kind of give back hope and tell them like your struggles don't always have to be your struggles. Mm -hmm. You can overcome, you can empower yourself to be a better person, to do better things, take action, mm -hmm. don't self-dwell, and then go back to your community, get back to your family at first, make things right, and then and start with the young children, and then have it expand, like the circle, like it was expansion and contraction mm -hmm. yes. of, what, of what we learn and how we develop. And I think Amity is doing a, a, a just and good cause just for our people because they have certainly took their time with me. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, you know, I think we're going to get to the end of the interview now, and I just really appreciate all of you guys' time. If there's anything else you'd like to share at the end of the podcast, feel free to do so. Any shout-outs, any, you know, anything you'd like to share with the public. Um, there's also one social just cause that we are um, sponsoring right now. It's called the Pachamama Alliance. We are endorsing and helping out this cause of the Pachamama Alliance about um, spreading the awareness of self-sustainability of the green team, being recycle-friendly and taking mm -hmm. actions. It's a, a teaching from uh, a tribe in South America oh, okay. that really tries to get people to connect with the earth wow. and really try to understand that there's things we need to change in our world to respect the earth better. And I think it's part of our social justice program that we want to try to uh, inject these things into communities and, and really get people to realize that, that there's more to the world that goes on besides the television set. Mm. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, so that's kind of that's kind of one of the things that we like to we like to do here is we find these different organizations and things that we know are socially just and right for the community and the world itself and try to ingrain that into our teachings and our curriculum so this is one of them that's a that's a really powerful tool that we have that that really helps a lot of different things so come on down to casa tonight and have some food <laughs> check out the food truck yes. check us out on facebook <laughs> events page i list everything for the month awesome well thank you everybody for coming out and thank you to all the listeners out there we really appreciate the time that you took to hear this unique story thank you so much yes. yeah we really appreciate you being here yes. Thanks for listening to this month's podcast episode. If you like what you just heard, feel free to check out previous episodes from Cultivating Indigenous Voices by clicking the link in the description. 
This podcast is supported by KXCI Tucson, Real People, Real Radio.